0: Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Brianna G.
1: And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. This week we're discussing how to stop negative thoughts.
0: Mm -hmm. But before we get into that, at the end of each episode, we set a mission for ourselves. And our last mission was to reflect on how taking the positive view has improved your, well, your life, my life, and what it can do for us in the future. Christy, how did that go for you?
1: It went great. I liked it because we did Looking back on 100 episodes, which is really exciting for me, I got to go around bragging on my Facebook that I did 100 episodes of something, and (laughs) I uh, I remember distinctly regretting not mentioning that the full meaning of the greatest love of all by Whitney Houston was (laughs) was something we discovered in one of the podcasts for positive Mm -hmm. self talk, and I gotta say, kind of life changing because we both sang that song often. I mean, maybe not me pretending in the basement really loudly to sing it often, often, but pretty often Mm -hmm. for me as well, and. I love that I have a greater connection to a piece of art, uh, a, a piece of music. Uh, but uh, seriously, I got to go out to dinner last night with some very good friends and I got to appreciate what tremendous hosts they were because I even mentioned it in that podcast. And I was like, this is hilarious. Another dinner, dinner invitation for me. And they're like, we should do this more often. And I was just like, ah, <laughs> positivity. Yes, mm-hmm. this is great. And- um, Yeah, it was just, it's just really great. I see a lot of opportunities and I see a lot of, like, my business is doing better, my health is doing better, and uh, my relationships are so much better. And it was a very fun mission. This was a fun mission.
0: Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. And I think, you know, we spent... Obviously, a fair amount of time, all the time, I guess, on the episode just talking about how positivity or taking that positive view has helped. But in these last, you know, week or so since that time, I feel like taking that opportunity to reflect has really helped. I don't know, it feels like almost catapult me (laughs) into almost like a new, I don't know, not a new era perhaps, but I just feel like I have a little bit of a Being able to reflect and see how far I've come or what I've been able to learn and how I've been able to grow just really had a positive effect in my self confidence, I think. And what I feel like I really learned in the, you know, taking this time to reflect even more is that the times that I spend in less than positive kind of states or, or, you know, the times I spend kind of in those more challenging situations or having challenging thoughts, I feel like that has, uh, that doesn't go away. Uh, But I feel like the time I spend in that state is just so uh, it's much less than before. And I feel like for me, that's, that's such a significant thing. I mean, it just is wonderful to, feel like I'm able to process better. I'm able to cope better. Um, I don't know. I just feel like in that reflecting, I really had an opportunity to see the change uh, in the growth, uh, particularly in these last two years since we've been doing this.
1: I love that. And that segues so nicely into this week's topic, which is this week we're discussing how to stop negative thoughts. So, Brianna, when I say how to stop negative thoughts, what does that mean to you?
0: Well, I think it means, (laughs) first of all, recognizing that the negative, you know, negative thoughts or, or yeah, the negative thoughts aren't going to go away. Like that I have the negative thoughts are a part of. My life, and I think when when I think about stopping them, it really is that sense of identifying. You know, you and I, we've again been doing this for work, uh, kind of for a while, but we call it the glitch. Like, where is that? Where is that moment where just some sort of event or some sort of emotion turns from just being kind of this event or an emotion into now i'm having negative thoughts about this or now i'm being kind of having a negative attitude about this experience event emotion and i feel like being able to identify that has been probably the biggest help in stopping or slowing down uh, avoiding it's you know sometimes just totally avoiding negative thoughts
1: Yes, I really appreciate the distinction that you're making between stopping negative thoughts and avoiding negative thoughts because there's avoidance isn't all that productive but like it's not just the thought it's the feeling. One of the things that we learned you and I were both taking uh a lot of spiritual courses together and we studied with Lee Scantlin in in Hermosa Beach for a while and he was talking about the glitch. And one of the things that he said that I always stuck with me was the feeling is real the story you've got to watch Mm -hmm. and I really feel like when I'm having a negative feeling like every once in a while somebody will do something to me that is like boundary crossing or they're threatening my safety or it's an indicator that something needs to change right and I have like a flash of anger or I have a flash of guilt or I have some sort of emotion that people that people treat as negative negative. But actually what it really is, is just information. This anchor lets me know that something of the situation is unjust or dangerous. Have you ever had like somebody run in front of your car and you get so angry because you almost killed them? Do you know what I mean? You just, and you get that surge to help you like your reflexes go lightning fast. Or for me, I have a lot of anxiety. And a lot of times what that is, that jittery feeling I get is my brain telling my body, we're in danger. Let's amp up. Uh, my emotions and my senses so that I am more alert. And the more I'm able to interpret that feeling or as information and less as this is why you're terrible driving, or this is why that guy's a jerk, you know, less about that and more about what is this information? How can I act on it? The more I'm able to stop the negative thoughts so I can have the feeling Sometimes I will go into the negative thoughts. Sure, I will. Mm-hmm. I, I know I've gotten into it because we've we've talked about it before. Uh, this always happens to me. I'll never get this. Those stories that are absolute. Absolute stories are rarely true. And when I find myself doing that, or worse, when I don't catch it and it just goes on and on, I'll wake up with sort of a misery hangover or I'll just be overwhelmed or sick or I'll be overeating. I'll do a lot of things. And you know, the, ca- the catch is, the sooner i recognize that i'm telling myself one of these stories the sooner i can get about correcting what it is that inherently is happening in my world that doesn't sit right with me and it's entirely more empowering and i really enjoy it
0: mm. wow i just appreciate that because i think that you very well made made the distinction or or explained the distinction between emotion and thoughts. And I think part of my challenge, as you, you know, so well are what articulated so well is part of my challenge for a long time was just getting those two things mixed up or kind of assuming that they were the same thing. So that sense of whatever the physical or kind of mental sensation was that goes along with the emotion, just like so like putting like almost, well, really, truly without, without, thought or subconsciously just putting um, the negative thought or, or any thought, I guess, positive or negative, labeling that, you know, with my perception of the emotion. So you, you know, as you said, you know I'm angry, right, but if I'm not paying attention to or or just for me like just don't have a lot of experience kind of really being in and feeling my emotions in, you know instead of I am angry and being comfortable saying, "Hey, this situation, this experience is making me angry um I will just pile a bunch of thoughts on top to kind of explain uh what try to try to make sense of what this emotion is." And so often, you know, I was not having an accurate picture, um, which then just kind of led down a a path of thought, like negative thoughts, and then they just spiral, spiral, spiral. And before you know it, I'm still angry, but now (laughs) I'm angry, probably, you know, not about the original, like not about the original thing it's it's some big elaborate story that's grown and grown uh and now i'm stuck in it it's you know it's that negative kind of negative thought quicksand which i know we've talked about the quicksand here before but i i just appreciate now being able to have a better understanding of that sense excuse me the the difference between emotion and thoughts and really again kind of getting into my body to say, well, what am I feeling right now? And then, okay, so what, and then asking the question, so why am I feeling that versus just automatically going with some story to explain away or to try to explain, you know, what's going on with me emotionally?
1: I, it's so easy to go into a story. I am, well, one, I'm a writer. So, whoa, stories fast and easy. Like, I know this sounds really strange, but the concept of like stubbing your toe. For me, stubbing my toe and having my toe hurt, my first story, the first thing I think of is not, ow, I stubbed my toe. My first thought is, ow, I'm such an idiot.
0: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: Like, why didn't I see that? Like, I immediately go into the story. I mean, I am so fast with the story. Like, this is why I'll never do da da, da, da. And instead of saying, like, I used to view pain as an indicator that I was... Less than, that I was doing it wrong, that i will never get it right, Mm -hmm. that people will never be on my side. This is why insert will never happen. This is why this will – oh, insert something bad will always happen. I mean I can go – and this person said this, and what that really means is this, and then what that does. I mean I could do that all day long. I was so quick and so fast with that. And the unfortunate part about that is the underlying emotion is lost and the reasoning and the opportunity. I would lose that opportunity to say, hey, you know, this is why, you know, that thing that I, that, that, uh, that lamp I wanted to put next to my bed, but thought was too expensive. You know, this would, this would have been a great solution for that. Let me go ahead and buy that lamp that I really wanted. Like I could say that when I stub my toe. Right. Because obviously, if you would have mm-hmm. just leaned over and turned on a light, you wouldn't have done this. But instead, I just say, you know, this is why we can't have nice things and my toes are going to break or whatever it is that mm-hmm. I do. I mean, I can I can take something. I used to work at McDonald's, which pay them whatever they want. That job was hell. Um, <laughs> it was so hard. It was so hard for me. And I would stress so hard at that job. And I literally would chant at 16 years old, oh my God, I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. Mm. And somebody actually heard me saying that because the anxiety of how, first of all, something about when people are hungry and then their heads get closer to cash registers, the meaner they get. Like Mm -hmm. I've just noticed a direct correlation between a cash taking machine and food and the rage that people will imbue on the person that is responsible for taking their money and food. It Mm -hmm. is tremendous. I have, I have made so much – I have made like $100 an hour and done like a tenth of the work that I did at McDonald's for minimum wage. It was terrible for me. I I don't know what it is about me in that job, but it was really rough. And all I did was internal – I'm still talking about me. Like I was terrible at that job. Or let's just say it's a really – like other people were so good at it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. how is it – how is it that I'm – you know, I have a very, very high cue and I can learn anything, but I am thwarted by angry people yelling at me at McDonald's. Like it would just rattle my cage. My register never balanced, Brianna. And it was never off by like fifty cents or a nickel or two cents, like something obvious. It was always off by like sixty nine cents, or you know what I mean? Like or a dollar thirty one. <laughs> 31. It was always like, okay, this was a series of many transactions being just a little bit off. Like uh-huh. like seven or 20 people did not get the correct change by whatever odd amount. Like it was crazy. Uh, But other, the girl next to me who couldn't write a short story for the life of her and was writing really basic poetry was like an ace at that job. Like a guy would scream in her face, where's my burger? And she just reach into the bag and look at him like, you dummy, you know what I mean? Like, but not say anything like (laughs) here it is. And I was just like, I would just start shaking even when I was right. It was amazing. But all I did was say to myself, I'm so stupid, I'm so stupid, I'm so stupid. Uh, and it became true. The more I said it, the worse I got at that job. I had to quit. Mm-hmm. I ended up working mm-hmm. at a bookstore instead. Much more my style.
0: Right. Yeah, the book people aren't usually going to get too
1: Oh, well, we didn't have the Dr. Oz cookbook. Ugh, oh, well. They the what- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they gave me the what for?
0: I stand corrected.
1: Or oh, what is it, Dr. Oz? No, there was some doctor, some Oprah cookbook. Mm-hmm. They were. Whoa, oh boy, mad. go in the you back sh- room, you know, the mysterious back room that creates books that aren't there <laughs> Give <it> to me.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I mean, I just feel like I appreciate hearing that. And especially, you know, you use those words that kind of are uh, now for me, identifiers of when I'm in a story or when I'm in perhaps, you know, when I'm telling myself some thoughts about things that likely are not accurate, but that's the always and never and getting into that um, or or just getting into that black and white thinking, right? That kind of binary either or always never yeah. <laughs> sense of, you know, I'm, you know, you gave the example of stubbing your toe uh, or something, you know, doing something like that. And then kind of putting not just the story for that moment, but it is also, I think, my experience has been too that then I put that story on me as if it's true for always. Um, and so it is this, again, this sense of you get, I I felt like for, as you know, when I was doing this more, that becomes, um, it becomes like this blanket or this covering that I felt like I couldn't get out from under because, uh, even if something, If let's just say, you know, you use the example of being at work. So if uh, I was at work and I talked with a person and they were unhappy with some, you know, like the service I gave and then, you know, they get irate. We've both been in customer service (laughs) for long periods of time um, and it can be a challenge. Um, So then I would internalize not only would I, of course. Tell stories about that person <laughs> and how I felt like maybe they were overreacting about something. But um, then I would tell the story about me, and and it just always felt like again that sense of it just became a a covering or uh, then a story that I would um, almost like f- try to f- then find other ways that like confirmed that negative story about myself like then you know it's not just oh this experience here where this person is yelling at me and I feel stupid or and then I start to say oh I'm, I'm bad at this job I am stupid and then all of a sudden it's like my brain can automatically go back to other experiences where I've maybe again had these thoughts that led to me having these thoughts and it's like it compounds it and so the covering the like blanket whatever kind of that feeling is just gets heavier and heavier and tighter and tighter until I'm like kind of stuck in that space. And I'm telling myself the story about, uh, about me, and my abilities in this particular in, in a particular type of situation. And I feel like when I began to understand that story, you know, some of that not some, that that thought process or those thought processes, that negative, you know, those negative thoughts, when I first really started to learn that that's a choice, oh my goodness, it took, it still obviously takes work and, and uh, self-awareness and being kind of present to what's going on with, in in your body, kind of in your experience. But I just feel like I have so much more freedom now, I'm not pigeonholed into these little tiny stories that I'm, that I was telling myself. And I just feel like my, my, my world, I think opened up because I was able to see, wait, let me just get an accurate picture of how I'm feeling or what emotion I'm having. Let me get an, take a step back and actually see what's happening in this situation. And I feel like, you know, another big part of of learning how to let go of just automatically jumping into the story was kind of conditioning myself to say, well, to, (laughs) this sounds silly, but is to tell myself, I'm, I'm going to make mistakes. Like, I'm not perfect. I am going to make an error. I feel like I I kind of grew up thinking I had to do everything right all the time. And if I Mm -hmm. didn't, that meant I was bad. It meant people were going to kind of, you know, kick me out of the proverbial tribe and I'd just be like left on my own. there was a lot there. That's a lot of thoughts, right? So I feel like when I really started to understand, one, none of that's true, too. I'm not perfect. I can't do everything perfectly. The best I can do is my very best. And if I make a mistake, be ready to own it and learn from it so that I hopefully don't do it again. And I feel like being able to kind of put all of those, you know, put those kind of those three things together, just like opened things up. And I just feel like then I could just enjoy things so much more. I was little less tentative, uh, more, you know, trying to put myself out there a little bit more because I have a tendency to be, you know, uh, more introverted as far as um, my interactions and, and connecting with people. But I don't know, just being able to see I, here's what my emotion is about this experience, Oh, here I go. I'm starting to have thoughts about it. And then say, are these accurate? <laughs> is this thought, is this really what's happening? Uh, and then being able to understand that I I don't have to be perfect. Um, I don't have to beat myself up. You know, when I make a mistake, I feel like those things, putting that, putting those things together, prog- kind of learning them over time, just really opened, just opened things up and helped me to be in a better like kind of just live at a better, uh, a more positive baseline.
1: Yes, I totally agree with you. You know, one of the things I realized, and and I have a lot of negative thoughts there. I but what what we're this episode is is cleverly titled "How to Stop Negative Thoughts," not "How to Not Have Them," right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's a certain part where, like you know, the train doesn't have to. You know, if the train is running off tracks or, you know, sometimes negative thoughts are the right track. You just got to think them all the way through to the end and then you can Mm -hmm. go back to your destination. Right. But other times it's like a track laid straight for a brick wall. You get to stop it before you hit that. Or, you know, the train will stop eventually. I've done the brick wall thing. Mm -hmm. It happens. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me, a lot of my problem came from an innate sense of shame. Yep. There was a big, big amount of shame that inherently I wasn't good enough. But if I could just do better. I would finally be good enough. And so when things happened that hurt, it reminded me of how I felt less than and how I felt ashamed. It was almost, I couldn't admit I had a mistake because if people knew the truth about me, if they knew that I made these kinds of mistakes, if they realized that I wasn't, that my best looked like failure on a lot of occasions, I thought inherently they would realize the truth about me, which was, Mm -hmm. I am not lovable. I am not Mm -hmm. worthy. I am not valuable. And so once I started to really affirm my own worthiness and also not have that worthiness tied to me doing better, I always kept thinking if I did better, if I knew more, if I was, you know, my best doesn't always look all that besty. Okay. It looks Like I used to believe that some days lying around in my bed depressed, well, that wasn't my best. Well, guess what, Christy? It was. Mm -hmm. That was your best. That's what you had. You're not secretly withholding some better effort. This is who you are. And it wasn't until I made the analogy in my mind that me never admitting this is where I am That meant that whenever I was plotting a trip to go somewhere where I wanted to make a goal happen, if I wasn't willing to admit this out-of-gas place in the middle of nowhere, like proverbial where I am, if I'm going to just be too ashamed to be here and then say, uh, no, 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 I'm over here, and then plot the trip as if I'm over there, that's why I'm always stopping short of where it is I want to go. And once I started to realize that my worth wasn't on how much I could be better, my worth depended on the fact that I am inherently worthy because I am. It is not mm-hmm. some sort of thing you need to earn. Are you around? Do you exist? You are worthy. End of. Nothing else. Now, do you want to get better? Okay, fine. But that's just something to do until we die. It doesn't mean if you don't achieve anything or if you don't find the joy in the game or whatever. None of that. That That's all a choice that I'm making. But it's not like some sort of weird invisible fee that I have to pay to the universe in order to sit at the table and feel good about me. And... Honestly, it is a big change in the way I think. And I still feel me falling back on it.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's
1: like, no. And and it's really interesting because the second I play into that shame, I can feel it mirrored back at me over and over again. Because there's so many people who feel that way. That if you make a mistake, then I remember uh, a friend of mine talking about how he made a mistake because he left earplugs in when he was, he was like a, motorcycle mechanic and he didn't catch it and he's like that's it um no more earplugs and I'm like but why do you put earplugs in because I had this feeling that isn't that to keep you from going deaf and I was like so you think because you made a small mistake looking out for your safety because you forgot to take them out that you have to pay the price of losing your hearing Mm -hmm. like no like no that's not how it works but I gotta tell you that's I knew what he was doing there because I've done it over and over again And, um, it's very easy to hear other people who suffer from that level of shame. Like if you say, you know, I, there's this weird thing where I thought I couldn't date until I lost like 20 or 30 pounds, or I couldn't feel happy about my life until, you know, I was this weight or until I had this much money or until I fixed these things about me and it wasn't, or I can't wear a swimsuit until I look like this. And it wasn't until I went, or, I get to just be. And I think what really helped me was so many people saying, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. And hearing them say that, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I'm really sorry. What can I do to fix that? And have them not like beat themselves up so hard in front of me that led me to go, oh, you can just say I'm sorry. Like A lot of times, all people want to know Like, I used to argue with people on why I didn't really make a mistake, Brianna, because I was so afraid Mm -hmm. that they would know that I was a deeply horrible person, because I was. But I've just been hiding it as best as I can. And honestly, there was a point in time where I I couldn't get out of bed because I felt like a giant disappointment at every Mm -hmm. turn, instead of just a person who'd made a bad choice.
0: Oh, my goodness. I... (laughs) I don't know, I feel like I don't know how to, I don't know what I really want to say next, except for I just identify with all of that. I mean, we've, I don't know, I just feel like that sense of not being good enough, or or having to earn, you know, feeling good enough, you know, just as you said, it's the losing the 20 pounds or having, you know, oh, I got to get this right job, or I have to just almost like that sense of I just have to perform in just the right way. And then, you know, I'll hit this magic (laughs) sense of uh, feeling like, you know, it's okay for me to take up space. I think That that's just been such a such a an experience. I think for me that for a very long time I didn't have the right words for or 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 couldn't really even identify what was happening. But I feel like even now uh, we've been doing this for two plus years, you know, with the podcast longer, with just trying to be more positive and you know self affirming and you know, putting positive energy out into the world to, at least in part, to get it back and just working on ourselves. And I feel like even now, I still, when you were talking about that, and that we just innately are worthy, and we have value. I'm not kidding. A little part of me was like, well, yeah, but not me. (laughs) And it's so interesting how that that sense is just can be so ingrained, which of course I'm still working on obviously um but i it is that that piece of you know that's one of the reasons we we had an episode on affirm positive affirmations it it takes work to break those thought patterns, and I feel like if we want to you know is talking about how to stop the negative thoughts cuz you're right they're 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 going to probably for most of us if not all of us they're going to be there um it's where we go once you know once they get started it's where we go that that kind of matters but i feel like being able to change my thought patterns or being able to just first of all see the reality right a better sense of reality took i i needed help for that i feel like that's not something i even though i tried for a very long time to kind of like fix myself <laughs> um and and try to make things happen it really took you know being able to admit some of these things and some of the things i felt like were negative about myself being able to admit that to other people so you know for me i've talked about it here before i'm I'm very um, grateful for talk therapy uh, and being able to work with someone, you know, to really objectively look at, well, here's what's going on with me. And then kind of working through and learning new ways of thinking and being, uh, thinking about my experiences and understanding my emotions and, and you know, the whole kind of, um, the whole putting all these different parts together. Uh, But also, I feel like being able to have, you know, for folks, you know, for being able to do this work as well with a peer. So you and I, when we first started uh, doing the positivity work, I feel like a big part of that was, you know, not just like... (sighs) okay, I'm going to have more, a better and more positive thoughts about traffic. Uh, But part of it really was trying to have more positive thoughts about ourselves and our abilities. So then, you know, at the end of each week, when we'd get together for the breakfast before work to talk about how it went, it, you know, the, the work towards stopping negative thoughts was we talked about where we drop the ball or where we didn't quite meet the mark and it was never anything, uh, like pejorative, you know, we, it was, Hey, here was my goal and here's how I did. And if I, if it was, you know, something I didn't quite hit the mark on, then this is how I think I'm going to do it differently next time to try again. And I just feel like doing that, um, consistently and, and being able to say, hey, I missed the mark here, and this is how I'm going to do it differently next time. I just feel like that is such a, it was for me such a big um, first leap toward being able to recognize and stop negative thoughts, or, or be able to kind of turn it around from a, you know, if, if not, you know, turn it around from negative to a positive, at least turning it around from negative to neutral.
1: Yes, yes, I totally agree. And I'll also find that we don't come to these thoughts about ourselves on our own. Like there are plenty mm-hmm. of people out there who want to give you the brutal truth or they want to correct your hypocrisy and they want to police your feelings. And I've, I've caught myself having done that, especially when I was younger. Uh, and also in my mind, I'm very judgmental about other people. And I've always found that when I am being negative about others, if I look a little closer, it's sometimes what I'm what I'm doing is how dare that person with their bad art go out there and present it for that much money? And what I'm really saying is, how dare I not do that? I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. And I'm jealous because I'm holding myself back. And if I'm doing and into what I'm doing and I'm excited about my life, what other people do don't doesn't bother me as much. Mm-hmm. Where where it doesn't affect me, especially like when something somebody's doing isn't actually affecting my life. Or even if it is in a small way, I it takes a disproportionate amount. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the day-to-day of my life is only affected, not at all, but in the big grand scheme of things, this is happening, even though that doesn't. And I, you know, but when I magnify that and I don't look at it from a constructive, what can I do? How is it going to happen? And I'm just like angry all the time or telling stories about those those people, as I'd say all the time, then I've got a problem. And I think one of the easiest things that I started to realize that I was doing is to actually like the solution for it for me was to ask myself, you know, what about this is giving me why? Why am I so concerned about this? Mm-hmm. And asking myself more detailed questions, not like, why don't these people ever learn or why does a blah, 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 like those kind of questions, I get more answers. And so the negative thought train keeps going. But if I ask myself more questions like Why does this bother me so much? Why, you know what I mean? How can I turn this around? Where is the opportunity? Like more specific questions that are in line with stopping the negative thoughts and the negative stories, Mm -hmm. I'm better off. And then I've also found that just admitting where I am and being... Knowing in my heart of hearts that I'm okay with it keeps other people from shaming me into taking on those old negative thoughts that I used to have. What do I mean? Like example, I remember distinctly changing – I don't even remember what it is I changed. I started doing something in a different way. And it was more in line with a friend of mine's way. And he was like, why are you doing it like that now? And I was like, oh, this is a better way for this. And he he literally said, well, how do you justify when before you used to say this and this and this, and now all of a sudden you're this and this and this? Like, how do you even explain that? How does that even happen? And I said, well, it's a very easy explanation. And he was like, oh, I'd really love to hear this. This is rich. You know, because we'd had like a really major argument about this. And I said, oh, well, it turns out I was wrong then. And you were right. And so now I'm doing it this way. And he literally burst out laughing. He's like, that's the explanation. I'm like, but that's true. Like you were right then. I'm sorry. I was arguing. I really thought I was right, but it turns out you were. And so that's why I do it this way now. Mm. And he had nothing to say to that. And, mm. um, and I was happier at just getting him to be quiet. Cause he was like that, 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 that's rich. Like, how dare you revise your opinion, you know, in lieu of new information, even though this proves that I am right. Do you know what I mean? Like, he was just so angry um, because, you know, I know I won that debate before. <laughs> By the way, you can win an argument and be wrong. You're just good at arguing. Uh, so sometimes just being able to say I was wrong then and, and now I understand more or saying something like I remember somebody like, well, you don't have to be that way. You can da-da-da-da-da. And I literally, because somebody was trying to sort of, forced me to pretend i was happy when i was sad mm-hmm. and i was sad because someone died right and i said hey um just so you know i'm sad because something sad happened there's nothing wrong with that mhm and it stopped that whole conversation they're like no i didn't mean it like that i said i i, I know you didn't but i just i'm going to be sad and and you wanted to come over but you can go <laughs> but this is how i am like i'm not going to pretend to be happy mm-hmm. if i turn happy suddenly that's fine but you know they're gone now. And Mm that sucks. And it's Mm -hmm. sad. And, you know, just because you're uncomfortable with it isn't my problem. Go somewhere. Like, I don't need this. Like, (laughs) you came over to help me. And now all I got to do is pretend like I'm happy when, you know, somebody's here, they're gone, and I'm sad.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, I appreciate here, you know, just that sense of, you know, not only are we talking about negative thoughts about ourselves, or maybe situations, but just also talking about, our negative thoughts about others and the, you know, the stories we tell there. And I do agree. Um, I've had, you know, of course, a similar experience usually when I'm having my, I'll say most negative thoughts about other people. It's usually because something of inside of me is, you know, like I'm having some emotion. Well, sometimes it's because, you know, they're not being great, but some, uh, sometimes it's also because there's something going on inside of me that's feel you know some emotion that i'm I'm not accurately uh naming or being aware of, so to feel like you know uh I had a light bulb moment in class I was in a class and I had a light bulb moment i I was like really mentally you know inside uh having a lot of kind of negative judgy thoughts about people as they came in the classroom. And I just remember thinking it was after we had done, you know, the positivity fest. And I just remember thinking, well, (laughs) what a wonderful opportunity to, you know, be kinder. And then it just kind of went into like, what is my problem? This just doesn't feel like the kind of person I want to be to be so negative and kind of mean in my head to other people. And it was because I felt, um, you know, I was in the class, I was an older student, I'd been out of school for like 10 years, and I was feeling very vulnerable and questioning if I was in the right place. And so I masked that rather than just kind of feeling that thinking it through, you know, doing some of just owning that. uh, I threw that on other people. Now, thankfully, I kept it all inside, right? Because uh, I do have a filter. Uh, but we all know that there are times when we let that out. And and so often, it, that person may be doing something to, you know, provoke that. And certainly, we can have those conversations with them. But when we have those negative thoughts, I'll talk for myself, when I have those negative thoughts, And it's about an emotion that maybe I haven't fully vetted or understood. And then I just kind of like spew negativity on someone else. Now it's out there and we're both kind of in that negative soup. So I feel like one of the things, you know, in uh, trying to identify the stories that I tell myself, (sighs) It's not just about me, but it's like, oh, this person, <laughs> uh, this person's getting on my last nerve. A- and what is it? And and then I think what that leads me to as well is like, okay, so this person, <laughs> am I judging this accurately? Maybe I am, and they are getting on my last nerve. So then the next question is well, like, what are you gonna do about it? Or what can you do about it? Because sometimes you're in a space where look, they're just going to be on your last nerve. And there's not a whole lot you can do. Hopefully you can remove yourself, but sometimes you can't. Um, But I feel like identifying, you know, okay, here's the emotion. Here's where I'm going negative. Or here's kind of like that glitch. I'm going to choose to have a different thought about it. And if I'm still having a problem, or if I'm still being negative, then it's like, well, what else? What else do I have at my disposal? You know, um, can I remove myself from the situation? Can I, you know, do I interrupt and try to get them to stop doing the thing? Sometimes, again, you can, sometimes you can. Uh, But I just feel like coming back to that sense of what's going on, like what's going on in the situation? What's going on with me? What is, is this story? Okay, is this story accurate? Or are these thoughts kind of about the situation accurate? And then the it is what's, you know, what's my ability or what can I do in this situation to avoid, um, not avoid, to stop, I guess, being, being negative about it or having those negative thoughts about it?
1: Yes. Yes. It's really, it's surprising to me how emotional having negative thoughts can be for me because I have a lot of them and a lot of them sometimes a lot of them are tied towards my feelings of shame and impotence like I don't have power like I'm at the mercy of other people's rules and thoughts and I can't I learned I've started to learn since we've been doing this more and more that especially when we were at uh, when we did our first round of the positivity fest at our job, mm-hmm.
0: that concept
1: where I felt like I can't quit my job because then I wouldn't know how to do this. And I was creating a case for why I was powerless mm. because I felt powerless and I couldn't see a way out. And the more people would give me suggestions, even though those suggestions wouldn't work, there they was like a lot of times people with a lot more resources give you suggestions that don't work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, they come from A lot of resources and they can't fathom, and they haven't learned that sort of, you know, that whole elephant thing where they chain an elephant Mm -hmm. to like a post and the elephant will remember that. And so they feel more constrained than they are later. It's just a rope, it's not even tied to anything or something like that. That concept and that trained helplessness, I had a lot of because I did not come from a lot of resources. I mean, I wasn't, there were people who had less than me. I, I do absolutely acknowledge that. But I, I remember from a very young age feeling that there are things that are for other people and not for me. Like mm-hmm. I never would engage a sales clerk in their assistance because I felt too much shame about the fact that I might not be able to afford what's in the store and I didn't want to waste their time.
0: Hmm. And
1: I have plenty of friends who've always been rich, who will take up hours and hours to a point where I feel it's almost rude uh, of a salesperson's time with no intention of buying from the moment they walked in. Um, and so I just found all that really interesting. And it wasn't until later I started telling myself the story of like, hey, just because it was I read a I read a story. I read the Joy Luck Club by Amy Tan. Mm -hmm. and there's this moment where this mom character is sees that her daughter is in a bad marriage and um she can't stop what's happening like the daughter can't see that it's not working right but the character is like she just basically is like i'm gonna gather up all my like my pain and my regret and all of these things now and i'll hold them and i'll be waiting at the top of the stairs when she comes to find me ready and the line that really got me was like um I am, uh, like, like I'm, I'm like a tiger waiting in the trees or something ready to leap out and cut and cut her loose or cut her spirit loose or something like that. But it was that, that I, the idea of I'm like a tiger waiting in the trees, right. Mm -hmm. Waiting like a tiger in the trees that made me go, you know, just because I can't see the opportunity now doesn't mean this is how, this is how this is always going to be. So I am going to gather up that pain. I'm going to gather up my resources. I'm going to gather up my strength. I'm going to put all that together, and I'm going to wait for my moment. And when that moment comes, I'm going to go for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and and instead of telling myself that I can't do anything because I can't because of this job, I remember a friend of mine saying, you know, I can't do that because. I'd love to be a photographer, but these days you need to have Photoshop and Photoshop costs three hundred dollars and I was like, "But you can get you know Photoshop on a monthly subscription for you know I think fifteen dollars a month or something like that um, and that's like one hour of overtime, minus taxes, even less, and you do overtime every week, you know what I'm saying? like you could cut fifteen out of your grocery or whatever um, and she was like, "Wait, what? Mm. do you know what I mean and it was just but then interestingly enough. She never, she never took up photography. Mm. Okay. So I paused for a second because I had to attend to some life business that I have some negative thoughts about, Brianna. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I was, I thought my guy was locked outside, but it turns out he just thought he was locked outside, but didn't bother to tell me that he figured out how to get back inside the house. so um yeah i guess i could have um just texted him back and asked him to confirm but i was too busy like oh my god did i accidentally lock him out no no i didn't so uh how will i turn this around well i think it's hilarious Uh so uh yeah another important tool humor humor and (laughs) just realizing that I don't know. We, we were able to hit pause and continue. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what my other thought was, but hey, there's a new thought right there, Brianna. There you uh, go. What an exciting opportunity for me <laughs> to not be actively thinking negative thoughts about my guy who's just sitting outside in a lawn chair.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. I love <laughs> you. Yeah, first, I mean, one, we have that opportunity, right? We just <laughs> talked about
1: other people. We're oh, talking about God. other people, right? We were
0: talking about other people. Uh, But also, I, I feel like, you know, one of my favorite words is opportunity. And you were talking about just being able to, you know, see the opportunity when it comes up. And I feel that that for me took practice, because you were talking about feeling disempowered and, you know, being in a situation where uh, it felt like maybe there were no good choices or there were no positive choices. And so I feel like being able to see opportunity for me was definitely something I had to work at. And I, and it it is that sense of (laughs) when we would practice using that phrase, what a wonderful opportunity to fill in the blank when we were trying to be more positive. I feel like just constantly saying that over and over, or I'll say consistently, it's not like every five minutes it was coming out of my mouth, but being consistently saying in the face of positive and negative things happening, what a wonderful opportunity to fill in that blank. I feel like then I did start to see opportunity. I was learning where it was like I was learning where opportunities almost like I was learning what opportunities were and that yes. seriously right and that seriously they could happen at any time and associated with anything even things that I was labeling as negative or you know the things that that, that I felt like weren't going my way and so just Even when I was talking about opportunity sarcastically, (laughs) um, whether, you know, whether I was really meaning it or it was being sarcastic, again, just consistently bringing my awareness to, oh, in this moment, here is an opportunity for me to do something, even if that's just. trying to tweak a thought, even if my opportunity is what a wonderful opportunity to recognize the, you know, I said, we talked before about that glitch, like, oh, here's where I, here's where I fall into the negative thought pattern. Here's the glitch. I might not be able to stop that thought pattern, but at least I identified like, here's where I have the choice. And, you know, coming back from or coming to rather that recognition that, oh, this is what opportunity look can look like, or this is what opportunity looks like, and this is what I can do in this moment. I just feel like that worked uh so well for me to just feel more empowered more consistently and um and more often.
1: I love that because it is really interesting. I think it's funny because a lot of the negative thoughts I had about my guy evaporated when I realized I was having them because we were doing this episode at the exact moment. Mm-hmm. And then it became kind of funny. And then it became sort of a study in why does it bother me? All the things that I just said. And mm-hmm. it evaporated very quickly. And I think that's one of the interesting things about starting to take a positive view is when you start to look at these challenging moments that we have in life and look at them as a way to practice resilience, it's almost like, I I used to have a lot of anxiety and I still do. And one of the things they do to get you to sort of get a little bit away from your anxiety is they have you rate your anxiety from one to 10, 10 being an absolute meltdown right? Mm-hmm. And in the process of rating it, like it puts you out of your anxiety and you can do things like, okay, well, this is at an eight, but I've been at a 10 and come back. Mm-hmm. So then that like, oh wait, I could feel it go down to a seven. I've done sevens before. And then that I've done sevens before goes down to a five. And then you're like, okay, we're good now. And it just gives you that split second, that like that ability to rate, where am I? Um, that takes you out of the situation that gives you a greater bit of suspense a uh, perspective. The problem I have sometimes when I'm having an anxious moment or what you could consider a negative thought actually is I start doing stories. Like I remember in a lot of it now I it turns out I suffered from sleep apnea and I've actually had 2 weeks on my uh CPAP machine and I'm doing so much better. Mm-hmm. And it made it harder for me to regulate my emotions because I was sleep deprived and there it does physiologically do things with your brain that makes that more difficult. And one of the problems I'd have was like, I don't have a panic attack because I felt I was in a very small seat on a very budget al- uh, airline. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling, you know, where they, they do that thing where they don't board in like even rows. They just have people packed. And my brain, when I'm sitting there and everyone's standing, start to have things like, if I needed to get out of here, I wouldn't be able to push these people aside. We're like packed in you know, it's not an orderly boarding process where there's just a certain amount of rows so that it could easily be cleared. It's a bunch of people trying to cram in all at mm-hmm. once, and now mm-hmm. we can't get out. And then I start thinking, "Oh my God, you're going to end up on a don't fly list." And then I start doing, and it makes it harder and harder until, like, I start giving myself thoughts like, "Okay, what if you were to just stand up because you're sitting down? It makes you feel more crowded." you know, what if you were just going to go to the bathroom back there? You could just go to the bathroom. You can just stand right there. Or my other thought was like, what if you were just to be last aboard? Oh, you're worried mm-hmm. about overhead, per- you know, like before that. what you're worried about overhead, you're going to check your luggage. You're not going to worry about that. You're going to, you know, and just work on, like, what it is I can do about the feeling. Because the second I start getting into, well, then this is going to happen, and then this is going to happen, and this is why. Like, so my first thoughts when my guy did that, I was like, he always does this. And that was hilarious to me. Uh, I was like, we just talked about that. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's all these other thoughts, like, well, this is going to mean, you know, every time he does this, I'm going to have my whole life of like him not anticipating. Because he's the one who just wandered off and shut the door. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, he did this. And it's like, but he left the sliding glass doors open. He could, and I literally go to unlock the door and I see the sliding glass door go open going, well, he could have just walked in from here. What is he? I didn't lock the door. What? What? Ah. Like all of it came into my mind. And then um, I'm like, "What? why didn't you text me that it was okay? And he's like, what are you talking about? That was hours ago. It was 23 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get back in and I'm like, I'm thinking all these thoughts. And one of the things I always remember, David and I are a match. Okay. We're both kind of hot-headed, and we both just get to say what we want to say. and I never have to bottle it up with him. Um, and I have a good friend whose guy is very, very mild mannered and he can never, he'll always feel guilty just yelling. Because mm-hmm. the guy never does that, and I'm like, well, in a lot of ways, I'm lucky because David could be a little bit jerky, and I get to be jerky right back, and it just settles it so much faster because I'm we're both impatient, so we'd rather just like blah 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 blah, <laughs> and then it's over, right? Except for I don't, <laughs> um, I did it in front. We we bickered like that in front of my brother, and I was like, oh no, we're that terrible couple. <laughs> Let's dial it back in public, though. We don't want to do that and then i also remembered like i need my guy to have some flaws because honestly he's a really good catch but if he gets to be such a good catch <laughs> i'll start to think why is he with me and who's gonna steal him like there's a security in the fact that he's a real cheap guy and like like there's just some of the things like we have a rip futon as our main piece of furniture in our living room and we're in our 40s like we're living like some of our furniture looks like um 23 year olds, first apartment, Ikea, secondhand stuff. Like it looks a lot like that. Mm-hmm. And I just think to myself, you know, there isn't a woman my age that would settle for this. I mean, I don't notice cause I spend half my days wandering around thinking about what book I'm not writing, but um... <laughs> 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 and then 30 hours is just like book, 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 book. So I don't really notice until like, huh, the faux leather on this chair is like sticking to my arms. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. And coming off in little black flecks, we should get a new one of these. And then back to, oh, my God, I got to write this book. And then I forget all about it for another two years. You know what I mean? So I need mm-hmm. a guy with some flaws because otherwise, um, you know, <laughs> I'll start to get really insecure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's, it's funny. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, <laughs> It's my relationship security. I'm like, you know, nobody else could deal with this. I'm fine. We're together forever.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and it just thank you, David, for giving us such a wonderful opportunity to <laughs> have an example right in the middle. of yeah, <laughs> <yes. laughs> Because the other thing that I was thinking, too, is like, if he had been locked out, uh, was the idea of like we just talked about as well, being able to kind of give ourselves some grace for the mistakes that we make. <laughs> And then we're going to learn from them. So, you know, if we're going to do that for ourselves, of course, we have to do it for other people as well, which then, you know, being able to give that grace is also an opportunity to kind of stop any kind of negative thoughts. I feel like that doesn't mean we're going to just let people do the wrong thing, but we certainly can discern and decide, you know, is this something that I can let go or or not um and then if i if i can let it go then i don't need to have any thoughts about it i don't need to have any negative thoughts about it rather so <laughs> oh i love that great example uh one of the things i wanted to bring to uh just wanted to mention is uh that also helps with being able to catch these thoughts uh being able to more accurately um experience or label, uh, emotions is this, uh, the idea of, or, or the practice of rather mindfulness. And I, and, and I feel like that's getting, I mean, mindfulness is getting a lot of play these days for very good reason. Um, and when I talk about mindfulness, I'm not necessarily talking about just like meditation, but finding that time to be a, just kind of more bring awareness to So I've, I mean, this sounds negative, but I've unsuccessfully (laughs) tried meditating, uh, you know, trying to try to find a consistent meditation, meditative practice. And I just, I just haven't found, I guess, the style that works for me necessarily. But I do feel like I still am able to practice mindfulness in that there are times I take uh, like time to think about my thoughts, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I take time to, uh, I, you know, I'm not a great journaler either, but I will do it, especially if things are pretty challenging. I find that just taking time out to be a little bit quiet and kind of get out whatever is on my mind. I do also, one of your favorite things, I do uh, love a good, you know, deep breathing exercise. <laughs> Again, (laughs) it might not be uh, like, again, that sit down meditative kind of 20 minutes of meditation. But I feel like I do use breath to calm my thoughts, definitely kind of rein in any emotions or kind of if I'm starting to feel uh, nervous or anxious that, you know, just bringing sort of myself back to presence. Through taking some deep breaths, again, it doesn't have to be anything extensive, but just taking that moment to kind of stop and and just okay, things are getting a little. I feel inside things are getting a little. I don't like it. Uh, here's, I just need to take a minute, and I I'm gonna just take some breath. I'm not gonna, you know, if I have thoughts, they can come on in, but I'm gonna just like come in and let them go. Come in and let them go. And I do find that being able to do that having practiced that and and being able to kind of have that on hand has been really helpful in in not falling down too much of a spiral at times not falling down too much of a spiral of negativity and in those negative thoughts because it just kind of almost acts like a a buoy a boy, buoy, like a I'll I'll say like a pool floaty. <laughs> and uh, you know, like I can get that, I can just kind of it I I may not be able to kind of bring myself out of it totally, but at least I'm not gonna kind of fall into it anymore. And so I really um appreciate having been able to develop that practice and and just to be able to really see how just taking those breaths kind of can can kind of clear my head so to speak and just stop whatever spiral or whatever track negative track that I'm going on and then just helps me have some clarity to to better see what's really happening
1: you know, that's really interesting. There's like several tools that you pointed out that are not in my wheelhouse. One is giving other people grace. Uh, <laughs> no, I like to turn the screws so they learn their lessons, which is incredibly mean. Um, And there's a lot of opportunity there. And then two, of course, the breathing and mindfulness. I used to have panic attacks. I remember distinctly being told to do this mindfulness exercise with like a, you listen to this recording and you, you, um. You didn't eat, but you rolled around a raisin in your mouth to examine, like, what it feels like and the taste. Uh And it put me into an abject panic attack. Like, I was just, like, I had an existential crisis. Like, what is raisin? Who am I? We're all going to die kind of feeling. And um it just really... You know, it really just spiraled me. And what was just so interesting that you would talk about, like, taking it into the breath. And I remember I the, the few times that I've had successful meditation was when you and I did it at mm-hmm. when we were working at that job, we would do that regularly. And the other time I would do it would be when I had too many thoughts and I couldn't sleep because I've noticed like a lot of people are like, I don't like to lay down to meditate because that makes me fall asleep. And I remember thinking, let's try to meditate. Hopefully we'll just fall asleep instead. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it was probably my best meditation practice ever because it was, um, it was like, um, there was like a backup plan for mm-hmm. it like i could do some of it and then um eventually uh just like fall asleep do you know what i mean when it got to be too hard or i got too good at it or whatever would happen um and that really helped me because it gave me uh, it gave me a break from my thoughts that would sometimes keep me awake at night. And I do find it really interesting that I've always been reluctant to take on the breathing exercise and have recently found that my mood is so much better now that I've cured my sleep apnea. Like the idea that I was literally stopping breathing 90 times an hour uh, and my brain was just on average 89.7. So I'm exaggerating by 0.3, but that was my real score. Mm -hmm. And the, idea that my brain inherently had this sort of anger toward breathing. I remember in other podcasts that we've done it, I was like, I don't know, people tell me to just take a breath and I get mad. I get mm-hmm. mad like they're trying to get me to like, oh, I'm sorry, are You is somebody going to drop a nuclear bomb on you? We've given you a squirt gun. You know what I mean? It just felt so small to me, like, the, the oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to just take a breath and it's all going to feel better. Screw you. <laughs> you know, it's where my brain went. <laughs> And a part of me wonders, I don't know, that um, I feel so much better having been able to breathe every night when I sleep instead of, you know, just not breathing over and over again, that I wonder if there's a part of my brain that was just angry that, yeah, take a deep breath because we don't even breathe, you know, <laughs> like regularly mm-hmm. anyway. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just find it's really interesting. And 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 now I recognize just how the lack of breathing well uh, has made my life less enjoyable um Mm -hmm. and that just two weeks of being able to breathe as I sleep has made such I mean I was talking to you beforehand and I just I just find it very very interesting and that and uh yeah maybe I should I I have an exciting opportunity to work on that grace thing because you know Mm -hmm. I like to just I want to make sure you don't do it again Brianna that's really
0: (laughs) not my job no it definitely is not, right?
1: And I don't do that with strangers, but I do it with, like, oh, I don't know, the people who love me most.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> sure.
1: What an exciting opportunity, right, <laughs> to, to, to treat the people who I love the most with the most grace. Yeah. Like David mm-hmm. and his door-locking thing. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> the great door-locking caper of 22. Of 22. <laughs> the uh, sliding
1: glass doors are unlocked and open. Like yeah. looking at him through the screen that isn't you mm-hmm.
0: know Yeah, I mean opportunities abound. <laughs> yes, opportunities we have, abound. We have opportunity everywhere, and and I I think that you know we've talked about it in other episodes. We've talked about it here. I do really just want to come back to this, just to kind of say again, there. There is a way I feel like to, you know, we've talked about ways that you can stop that we can stop our our negative thoughts. But I do really want to just say that doesn't mean <laughs> challenging things are not going to happen in our lives. It, it just really does come down to I think working on how we, you know, the stories we tell about ourselves are <laughs> the stories we tell about those things happening and, and then how we're, how we choose rather to uh, work through that. I think when we first started the positivity work that I definitely thought, you know, in the beginning, I thought, well, we're going to do this and like, everything's going to be perfect. Nothing else <laughs> is ever going to go wrong in my life again. I got this on lock. Uh, and that is a hundred percent not what happened, <laughs> and even after all this time, and feeling like my baseline is you know i I'm a pretty i can say I feel like a pretty positive person, even though I have these periods of you know where I maybe have some anxiety, um, things just feel like a little bit despondent um, i I have periods like that, things happen, um, but overall, because I've worked on the thoughts I have about those things, or the thoughts I have about myself and other people—all the things that we've talked about—I feel like, uh, because I've we've worked on this and and just kept trying to bring awareness to how can we make this better. Um, just overall, I feel like the negative thoughts—they may come—they're just not hanging on to me as long as they were in the past, and I think. Just thinking about that and the opportunities that we have in, again, working towards, um, you know, stopping those negative thoughts. And really, I guess, stopping the negative thoughts when we talk about that, too, is just like those things that just are not helpful for us. They're not helping us um, learn. They're not helping us grow. They're not helping us get through things. You know, that, you know, those negative thoughts, those are the things that we would like, you know, want to catch and try to stop or lesson. So I think that that takes us into our mission for the week. And that is to take time each evening. So it's a little bit of a bigger one this time around. So take time each evening to reflect on how you've managed your negative thoughts and appreciate your successes and identify those opportunities for progress. And we would love to hear from you. And now it's easier than ever to connect with us. You can go to positiveviewpodcast.com that's positive view, V-I-E-W, podcast.com, and click on the message icon to leave us a voicemail.
1: Yes. And new episodes come out every other Monday. Please take a moment to follow and rate the podcast because it helps more people find us. Also, if you're enjoying the Positive View podcast, share us with your friends. That is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Christy Murphy.
0: And I'm your other host, Brianna G. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk soon.